instead of just acting impulsively and coming out with the first thing that comes to mind or letting that anger and frustration out, it's so important to take a second to recognize what's going on. Welcome to the Success Club, the podcast where we delve into all things business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade, multiple seven-figure business owner and business coach with a passion for helping people succeed and blaze their own trail in business. If you are ready to uplevel your skills, your mindset, and step into your next level self, then you've come to the right place. Think of me as your business bestie, as we navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and life. Each week, I'll be taking you through business strategies, along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about emotional intelligence. And I think this is a really vital aspect of leadership, and it's something that's often overlooked. So it's more than just like this buzzword that you hear. It's actually a skill that can make or break your business. So let's have a little chat about emotional intelligence, how you can be more emotionally intelligent and how it's going to benefit you in your business. Now, I will say the shortened version of emotional intelligence is EQ. So I'm going to refer to that throughout the episode. I'll just call it EQ because emotional intelligence is a very long word. So EQ is a little bit shorter for me to just get through on the episode. Now, you might learn some things about yourself during this episode, either as a leader or as an entrepreneur. So it'll be interesting to see what comes up for you in this episode when you're thinking about your emotional intelligence. And I know sometimes talking about this stuff can be a little bit boring or it's not the most fun subject to talk about, but trust me, it is so vital for growing your business and it can, like I said, literally make or break your business. So We want to make sure that we have got our emotional intelligence in check and we are doing everything we can to be a better leader and be a better business owner. So to start out with, I'm going to talk about what actually is emotional intelligence, and I'm going to cover five different aspects of emotional intelligence and some examples of how you can see that in your business and in the way that you act as a leader. This is something that goes beyond mere feelings. It's about harnessing emotions for constructive thinking and behavior. So let's break down the key aspects of EQ. So number one is self-awareness. So recognizing your own emotions. Self-awareness really is the cornerstone of emotional intelligence. This means understanding your emotions as they happen and then realizing or noticing how they affect your thoughts and your actions. So let's say for an example, you are leading a team. You might notice that you feel frustrated and you're realizing that it's actually affecting your communication with your team. And you might have this feeling of frustration come up over and over again. So what would be a good way to handle this frustration? Well, something you could do would be to take a moment to recognize that feeling 
and then think about the emotion behind it and what you can potentially do about it. If you find that it's a little bit hard to recognize the feeling or why this is coming up for you, a really great way to work through this is through journaling, because you can sit down, journal out all of your thoughts about why you're feeling frustrated and why this emotion keeps coming up for you. And then you can look for action steps as to what you need to do to change that outcome or to change the emotion. So it could be that you need to take steps to educate and train your team better so that they're not frustrating you as much. Or maybe you realize that you are just overreacting and you're being too much or you are actually making a mountain out of a molehill. And perhaps you need to take a step back and just realize that you don't need to be so frustrated over this particular thing. But it's not about being right or wrong. It's not about whatever the right answer is. It's just about noticing that emotion and that feeling, breaking it down and then being able to change the outcome. So you're not experiencing that negative emotion so frequently. The second part is self-regulation. So this is controlling impulsive feelings and behaviors, and it's about managing your emotions. So especially managing negative emotions and then channeling those into productivity. Let's just say, for an example, you have an employee that has done something wrong or you need to address something with them because they've made a mistake and you need to have that difficult conversation with them. So you could react out of anger and frustration and blow up and just be like, I can't believe you did that and get so annoyed and so angry. But of course, that's probably not going to be the most productive way to deal with a situation. And it's probably not going to go over too well with your employee. So what you can do in this type of situation is notice that feeling. Okay, I'm starting to feel angry. I am feeling frustrated perhaps at this employee and something that they have done. Take a second, breathe, notice the feeling, notice the emotion going on in your body, and then you can choose how you're going to respond. Instead of just acting impulsively and coming out with the first thing that comes to mind or letting that anger and frustration out, it's so important to take a second to recognize what's going on and then be able to change what you're going to say. That can ultimately affect the outcome of the entire situation. It can go in a really bad direction or it can go in a really good direction. So taking that second to just think about that emotion and notice it really, really helps. And this is again, something you can do in journaling. If you are starting to journal and you have never done it before, it can be such a key to unlocking some of these patterns and behaviors that we might have. Recently, I have been journaling at nighttime. This is something I've never done before. I've always journaled in the morning for a very long time, but I've just recently started doing it at night and I'll reflect about my day and think about things that have happened throughout the day, or I'll be writing about things that I want for the next day and setting myself up in a positive mindset for the next day. But this would be a great time to look at things that have happened throughout the day or situations that you've come across and then notice how your emotions come up and how you feel about it. This kind of happened to me the other day because I am waiting for a visa to be able to go to the US and it's something that I've been waiting for for six years. I haven't been able to go back. I'm married to an American and I'm still not able to go back to the US. It is a very long story, but it is a very important thing in my life. And I received an email the other day and as I was reading the email, I thought that I had been denied my visa. And as I was reading it, I just became so overwhelmed with emotion. And I 
immediately wanted to cry. And it was such an intense emotion that I was feeling. And then I kept reading the email and I was like, okay, hang on a second. No, I haven't been denied. My application has been delayed. And there was an administrative error, which has set me back about six months in my application process, which was devastating for me. I definitely did not want to be set back. I really want to be able to go back to the U.S., But I actually felt this really intense feeling come over me. And I just thought to myself, I don't have to feel this way. I don't need to cry. I don't need to be angry. There is literally nothing I can do about this situation. It is in the hands of the U.S. government. I can't do anything about it. So why am I getting so upset? Why would I let something like this ruin my day or set me on a path where I'm going to just have a really terrible day and I'm going to be feeling upset all day? And I was so proud of myself in that moment that I was like, okay, you've done everything you can. You don't need to be upset about this. Yes, it's not the outcome that you are hoping for. And yes, you feel like you've been done, you know, hard done by, but you don't need to burst into tears and be upset and let out all this emotion when it's literally out of your control. So I stopped myself. I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going on with my day. I was in the middle of walking on the treadmill and I had stopped to read the email and I was like, I'm just going to get back on the treadmill and continue on with my day. I'm not going to let this one thing affect my entire day. And it is something very important to me. It is something life-changing. If I am or am not able to go back to the US, that is literally life-changing for me. But I just decided that I wasn't going to choose that, that emotion and I wasn't going to let it ruin my day. So That's just an example of somewhere in my life that I've used it and I felt like it was really powerful for me to just have that emotional intelligence to realize that this situation is out of my control, but I don't have to stop living my life or I don't have to have a bad day because of something that is completely out of my control. So the third step is motivation and that is being driven to fulfill a goal. Motivation in emotional intelligence isn't just about your personal ambition. It's about aligning your emotional drive with your values and your goals. So when you run a business, it can be very challenging at times to stay motivated and to stay connected to the goals that you have set. And especially when you have setbacks and things don't go your way, it becomes really challenging at times to stay focused on that end goal and to get to where you want to be. So making sure that you set clear, achievable goals that align not only with your business, but with your personal life as well. You don't want to be setting goals that are going to require huge amounts of time and energy, if that means time away from your family or time away from your friends and really creating these massive big goals. If it's going to impact your personal life to the point where you're not happy in your personal life and you don't have enough free time and you don't have time for the things that you love doing. So it's really important that you set goals that you can achieve. Yes, I always want you to think big and I want you to, you know, aim for the moon, of course. And if it doesn't work out, you'll land on the stars. So that's always my motto is go big, but making sure that you're setting goals that are going to help you to maintain that emotional intelligence. When you are so stressed out and you're so overwhelmed and you load way too much on your plate, that's when things can start to get a little bit wiry and you might be feeling more emotional than you normally are, or you might be feeling more angry or whatever emotion naturally comes out for you as a person that can really come to fruition when you're under pressure and you're under too much stress. So it's just about finding that balance between making sure that you are pushing for 
more and making sure that you are heading in the direction of your goals, but also making sure it aligns with your life and your personal life and what you want and how you want to spend your time. So the fourth part of this is empathy. So it's understanding the feelings of others. Empathy extends your emotional intelligence to others. So your emotional understanding of what they're going through, and it allows you to build deeper connections with not only your team, but also your customers. And of course, in your personal life, friends and family as well. So example of this might be if you have a team member and you can see that they are stressed or things are not going their way, you would want to offer support to them rather than criticism. So let's just say they're really stressed out and they're making mistakes and they're very overwhelmed. Having emotional intelligence is being able to recognize that this is not the right time to be coming down on them for the mistakes that they're making. This is not the time to be criticizing them and giving them a hard time about what they might be doing wrong. It's being able to see, okay, this person is in an emotional state right now. This is absolutely not the right time. I need to offer my support to them, do what I can to help them in this situation. And then at a later date, we can revisit the conversation. We can revisit this scenario and say, hey, this situation, this happened. What could we do next time to improve it so we have a better outcome? And this can be challenging at times. If you start to feel stressed or you start to feel overwhelmed, that is only going to add fuel to the fire. If you are a leader in your company and you are the one who is directing your team that are working beneath you, if you start getting stressed and you start getting overwhelmed and they're stressed and they're overwhelmed and it has a chain reaction, it is going to be absolute chaos and it is not going to be a good thing. As a leader, you need to set the tone for the entire company and for all your team members. Even when they're having a bad day, even when things aren't going to plan, it's your responsibility to set the tone. So the more that you can be calm and level-headed and just have that EQ to really recognize when a situation is needs addressing or it needs to be left alone, that is a really important aspect of being a truly good leader. The other part of this as well is active listening. So it's putting yourself in that person's shoes, having that ability to put yourself in that person's shoes and think about what they might be going through and then expressing genuine interest and concern. So if you can see that they are really stressed out, they're really having a bad day, you wouldn't want to be blind to the fact that this is happening to them. You want to offer your empathy and your concern to them and then offer your support. What can I do to help you? What can I do to make things easier for you in this situation? This is all a part of emotional intelligence. It's really having that active listening. If they come to you with a problem or they come to you and let you know what is going on, you don't want to just jump in and offer a solution or just be quick to shut them down. You want to let them speak, have their time to just let it all out and vent to you. And then you guys can come up with a solution together. So the fifth part of emotional intelligence is having good social skills. So it's being able to build good relationships with other people. And this encompasses all of the previous elements. And this is how you can really create healthy relationships with your team. A part of this could be managing conflicts within the team and understanding how to do this with a really diplomatic spirit. (laughs) I have had to deal with this many, many times. My team is around 25 people. So there are always people within the team who maybe don't get along with someone else or someone has done something to someone and they have an issue. And then we have to address this. So one of the ways that we do this in my team is we always encourage everyone to go to the person that they're having an issue with. So if they are 
having an issue with one of their other team members, we encourage them to go to them and have an open conversation about it. This is often the easiest way to squash any kind of drama or any kind of confusion or miscommunication just by having that conversation. Now, sometimes they don't want to do that. Sometimes they feel uncomfortable or they feel like the situation has gotten too bad and they can't possibly go to that person and talk about it. So then the next step would be having like a little mediation meeting. So basically it is where yourself or someone else on the team is going to be a mediator to help them come to an agreement. So you would sit down with those two people and you would allow them a chance to express how they feel. So one person might say, I feel, you know, attacked when you say these types of things to me, or they might be saying, I don't feel like you pull your weight around here. I feel like I'm always picking up the slack for you. And then the other person gets a chance to speak and they might say, you know, well, I feel like I'm always doing things for other people and nobody is acknowledging that I'm doing things and I'm not getting any thanks or any, you know, recognition. So I, I don't tend to help because I feel like nobody appreciates it when I do help. And then the other person can see their side of the story and they can both see each other's side of the story essentially. And then this is an opportunity for them to come to an agreement on how they're going to work together. So one of them might say, okay, I didn't realize you felt that way. I will make sure I say thank you to you when you do help me. I would love it if you could help me when I need it. And I will make sure that I'm saying thank you. So it's a way to really bring those two people together. And this is so important as well, because if you let these things go and you just leave these things unspoken about, that's when you can have major problems. And I have absolutely experienced this in my business. I wish that I hadn't, but I definitely have. I had an experience a couple years ago where I had, you know, a person on the team that was causing a lot of issues and I wasn't really doing anything about it. And then I basically ended up having the entire team quit the business and leave. So that was a huge ordeal and very stressful. So I definitely think getting on top of these kinds of conversations early on to make sure they don't fester into something bigger is so important. And that is something I have learned over the years is just to have those difficult conversations and to make sure that you are creating a culture of peace and a culture of communication within your company. So that way everyone feels that they can openly speak about issues or they can openly go to their colleagues and they can have these conversations to try to fix things. And a part of being a leader as well is teaching your team members to have this emotional intelligence because they might be in the early phases of learning how to react to things or how to handle certain situations. So it's your job as a leader to teach them these skills that they can then use with their teammates and then even with their customers as well. If there is a conflict with a customer, you know, teaching them to remain calm and to be very respectful and polite and to not escalate the situation even further. These are all things that are your responsibility to teach your team. But of course, you have to learn it yourself first. So that is one of the key aspects is making sure that you have got your own emotional intelligence, that you have worked on it, and then you're able to teach others as well. In a fast paced world, time is everything. And for busy business owners like you, efficiency is key. That's why I use Flowdesk, the ultimate email building platform designed to save you time and skyrocket your business success. With Flowdesk, creating stunning emails is a breeze. Say goodbye to complicated interfaces and coding. 
Flowdesk's user-friendly editor empowers you to design captivating emails in minutes. They also have amazing automations which help you to save time and money. If you've ever gotten an email from me, you would have seen the beautiful design as I use Flowdesk for all my emails. Flowdesk offers a vast collection of templates crafted to match your brand's unique style. If you are interested in trying Flowdesk on a free trial, you can go to shakirajade.com forward slash Flowdesk to find out more, or use my code shakirajade at checkout to save 50% off your first year. Join myself and thousands of other entrepreneurs who use and trust Flowdesk. Now, I also want to talk about emotional intelligence when it comes to making decisions in your business. So owning a business often means that you have to make big decisions and you've got to find a balance between logic and emotion. If you have high emotional intelligence, you can then recognize and manage your emotions in a sense where it might otherwise cloud your judgment if you were just to rely on emotion only. And it's always about finding this balance. Of course, if you relied solely on emotion to make decisions, you would probably end up making bad decisions or going down paths that maybe aren't right for you because you're purely based on emotion. But then if you make decisions purely based on logic, that doesn't always work out either. And especially as a leader, if you are only focusing on logic, you're going to come across as someone who's a bit cold, who's unrelatable, and people are probably not going to want to work for you if you're always solely basing things on logic and on rules and on things being black and white. So you really need to find that balance between emotion and logic and make a good decision based on both. For example, if you had a client who was really unhappy with something in your business, You want to try to understand the emotional factors behind that for the client. So you might be seeing it from your perspective on what you think has happened and they're seeing it from their perspective. So that's why being really emotionally intelligent is so vital because you want to put yourself in their shoes. You want to put yourself in a position where you think, okay, how would I feel if I was this person and I was in this position? And once you can put yourself in their shoes and think about how they might feel, that will change how you react or respond to that customer. And it not only resolves the issue, but it strengthens the relationship. You can often work through challenges and through ups and downs with customers, and they can end up being some of your best customers because you had that emotional intelligence to work through the situation. You didn't just say, this is too hard. I give up. I don't want to deal with this. You actually worked through it and you got to the other side. So that's why emotional intelligence is so vital when dealing with customers or complaints or anything like that. It also helps when it comes to handling stress. So Obviously, running a business comes with very high levels of stress and a lot of pressure and a lot of expectations on you as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. So emotional intelligence enables you to recognize the symptoms of stress early on and then manage them effectively. That way you're preventing burnout, you're preventing feeling overwhelmed, and you can really start to recognize those signs as soon as possible. A couple of ways that you can do this is by implementing mindfulness techniques to manage your stress. So I often do something and I learned this from my old business coach was if I'm feeling stressed out and I'm about to go to one of my businesses, when I get there and I sit in the car, I just take a few minutes 
to think about the kind of person I want to be walking into the situation because the energy that I go into a situation with can greatly affect the outcome and can, you know, affect the overall result. So if I'm going in with stressful energy and anxiety and I'm going in, it's going to lead to more anxiety with the team or with the people I'm having conversations with. So I sit in my car and I think about the kind of leader that I want to be. And I envision myself walking in and I know that I want to be respected. I want to be powerful. I want to be kind. I want to be empathetic. I want to be confident. And I think about all these things and I try to embody those things as I'm walking in. And I try to walk in as the leader that I see myself being. Maybe not how I'm necessarily feeling in that moment. If I'm feeling stressed, that might be the predominant emotion that I'm feeling. But I decide that I'm going to walk in confident, powerful. I'm the boss. I'm here. Don't mean that in a mean way. I'm also kind. I'm also empathetic. But I am in charge here. And that is my role within the company. Instead of going in in a stressful, frantic state, which is actually going to make my team feel stressed, it could potentially cause distrust. They might not trust me as a leader if they think that I'm stressed out and I'm just super emotional all the time. They may not respect me as a leader. So I think about what I want to go in with, how I want to be with my team, and then I walk in and that's who I am. So just taking that time to be mindful about what kind of leader you want to be and what kind of tone you want to set for the day or for the meeting or for whatever it might be. And remember as well, personal growth is also a part of emotional intelligence. It's not just about business. It's also about your own well-being. It's about recognizing and managing your emotions day to day and how you can have a better work-life balance, how you can feel better about your business and how you can manage your business as well as your personal life. So it's not just always related to business. It's definitely in all aspects of life and all kinds of relationships. So I'm going to talk about some practical ways that you can improve your emotional intelligence and you can grow. Now, if you want to do like an emotional intelligence test, you can just Google EQ free test and it will come up with a test that you can do and you can kind of get a little score on where your emotional intelligence might be at. And that might give you a little bit of an indication as to where you're currently sitting on the spectrum. Like, are you a really emotional, intelligent person or do you have some work to do? So take a little test. Not that these tests are always accurate, of course, but personally, I like taking tests and and seeing what comes up on them. So I just think it's good to reflect and to even the questions that come up with the test, it can make you think like, am I actually that type of a person or how would I react in this sort of situation? So little tests are fun to do. But the first one is a mindfulness practice. So I did speak a little bit before about doing that in the car, but it's about being fully present in the moment and fully engaging with the here and now. So if you have regular meditation practices, this is a great way, even just for five or 10 minutes to center yourself. And like I said, I do it in the car before I go in. I'll also do it sometimes if I'm about to go live on Instagram or I'm about to do a presentation and I'm feeling a little bit nervous. I'll just sit there. I'll just ground myself. I'll breathe. I'll feel the floor under my feet. I'll feel the feeling of my skin or my clothes. And just remind myself that I'm present and I'm here. Everything is fine. I'm grounded. And then I'm in such a better headspace to 
do my presentation or whatever it might be, because I'm feeling like I'm really here in this moment and I'm not getting carried away with the stress and anxiety and nerves that I might be feeling. Another great way to do this is through journaling. So like I said, I've journaled a lot over the years and I really do attribute it to a lot of my success because I've been able to journal out all of my thoughts and my feelings. And then sometimes I'll read back what I've written and I've realized that I've made such a big deal about something in my head and it's not actually that bad in real life. I've really blown it up in my head and made it something so much bigger than it needs to be. So journaling is a great way to look at what you are feeling and just really assess and be honest with yourself about what you're feeling, what your emotions are, and then how you can make a change to that. Number two is communication skills. So effective communication is really the cornerstone of any successful relationship. And this is deeply rooted in emotional intelligence. So a part of this is active listening. So this involves more than just hearing the words. It's about understanding the underlying thoughts and emotions. So really trying to listen to what the person is saying and not just thinking about the next thing that you're going to say, but just sitting, listening to what they are saying and fully taking it in and trying to understand what they are telling you. A great way that you can be an active listener as well is to ask open-ended questions. So if you're not quite understanding what someone has said, or even if you do understand, and then potentially you've got it wrong, Asking open-ended questions is a great way to find out what they're really thinking, what they're really feeling and get to the bottom of what they're trying to tell you. You really want to encourage that dialogue that fosters deep communication and deep understanding. You also want to pay attention to their non-verbal signals. So their body language, um, maybe the tone of their voice or just the way that they are sitting or the way that they're moving, that can actually convey a lot as well. So if you are finding that someone's body language is not matching up with what they are telling you, again, this is a perfect time to ask those open-ended questions and try to dig a little bit deeper to get the answer or get the truth out. So that way you know exactly how they're feeling and then you can have a open discussion. The third part is feedback and continuous learning. So you want to embrace feedback from others and you want to be committed to continuous learning so that you're able to grow. Seeking feedback is so important. Now, I don't know if I'm just weird in this way. I don't, I feel like it's kind of strange, but I love getting feedback, whether it's good, whether it's bad. I just love getting feedback. And I don't know if it's because of how I was raised, because I feel like my parents constantly gave me feedback. And now that I'm adult, I almost feel like I struggle if I'm not getting feedback from people because I want to know, could I be improving? You know, am I doing well? I want to know. I want people to tell me. And I'll even often ask my friends, like, how can I be a better friend? And it's so funny because I'll often say, like, you are such a good friend. Why why are you even asking this question? But I just want to know, like, is there something I could be doing better? And and I want to open up that door so that if I, if I can be a better friend, they know I'm open to the feedback. Like they know I want to hear what I could be doing better or what I could be improving on. So, and it's the same in my business. I will often ask for feedback and I really like to have open communication about different things. And that of course, doesn't mean I'm going to take on all the feedback I receive. Sometimes I'll get feedback and I'll sort through what makes sense to me and what doesn't, but I just genuinely love it. So, and I think it's a good quality. I think if you don't enjoy getting feedback or you find yourself getting defensive or 
getting frustrated when someone's giving you feedback, try to recognize that emotion and think about why you might be getting defensive or why that feeling might be coming up for you. And then you could perhaps journal about it and break it down and unpack it even further because you never know. Sometimes someone giving you that little piece of feedback could unlock something that you didn't even know. It could unlock a new skill that you could possibly learn. It could unlock a whole new way of being just by listening to the feedback and taking it on and really thinking about it instead of immediately getting defensive and just disregarding whatever the person has to say. Another part of it is embracing mistakes. So everybody makes mistakes. Everybody fails. And you want to just look at failure as an opportunity rather than a setback. And I did speak about this in one of my other episodes as well, just about there is no such thing as failure. So don't be too hard on yourself. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone fails at some point in time, but don't let it stop you from moving forward. Just look for the silver lining. There is always a silver lining in every situation. Even if you can't see it at the time, you will see it later and you've just got to keep pushing forward. And then you also want to be making sure you commit to lifelong learning. So whether that's investing in courses, whether that's reading books, getting coaching, listening to this podcast, anything it might be that you can do to continually grow and to continually keep expanding your mind and learning ways to manage your emotions and to be more emotionally intelligent. I was at an event on the weekend and they said a really good point that has totally stuck with me and it was a guy had gone to a similar event and one of the speakers came up to him and said, how did you like the event? Like, how did you like my presentation? And he said, yeah, it was really good. Like I really enjoyed it. I'd actually heard a lot of the things that you had said before. I'd heard a lot of those concepts before, but it was great. And I really enjoyed it. And the speaker said to him, oh, okay. Like you, you've heard these things before. And he said, but are you actually doing it? And does your bank balance prove it and show it? I was like, mic drop moment. So good. And it's the same thing with emotional intelligence. Like you might know some of these things that I'm saying, this might be, you know, like things you've heard before, but are you actually doing it? And does your business reflect that? Is your business where you want it to be? Is your bank balance where you want it to be? Are your relationships with others, whether that be on your team or in your personal life, are they where you want it to be? And if they're not, then the only place to look is within yourself, because that's where you're going to find the answers. So sometimes hearing some of this information over and over again, it might be things you've all heard before, but are you actually doing it? And is it reflecting in the quality of your life? Just remember the journey towards having greater emotional intelligence is an ongoing one. It's filled with opportunities for growth, for learning, um, and it's not something that you just do one time or you just do for a little while. It's a continual thing you'll be doing throughout your life. It's about becoming a better leader and just a better human being in general, being able to manage your emotions to make your life more enjoyable and less stressful and more abundance and, and more happiness in your life. And I think that is a journey that is definitely worth undertaking. So now it comes to the part where I go over my favorite things. And I actually wanted to talk about journaling for this week. I have journaled since I was a teenager. I still have my journals. There's so many of them. And I got into it at a really young age and I just absolutely loved it. I remember being a teenager and being so freaked out that my mom or dad would find my journal and they would read about all my deepest, darkest thoughts or who I had a crush on at the time and all those things that we do as teenagers. And I just really enjoyed writing and 
putting my feelings and my thoughts onto paper, I found it so incredibly helpful. And I have done it my entire life, essentially, since I was a teenager until now, I have consistently journaled for a very long time. And as I mentioned in the episode, I recently started journaling at nighttime, which has been totally different to journaling in the morning. I find when I wake up in the morning, I'm in a different headspace, obviously, to what I am at night. And it's more about setting myself up for the day. It's more about setting the tone for the day. I talk about my future goals. I talk about, you know, the kind of person I want to be. I'll do future journaling. So it's where I'm writing out my life as if it already has happened. So I'm writing out my dream life. I'm writing out a perfect day in my dream life with all the things that I want and all the feelings I want to experience. And I'm writing that in detail. Sometimes I'm writing about challenges that I'm going through or things that I'm struggling with mentally. I often journal about limiting beliefs. So I write, you know, what is a limiting belief that I have that's stopping me from moving further or from stepping into the person that I want to be? And I'll write that out. But I just find that journaling at nighttime is more of a reflective state. So it's more about reflecting, how did today go? What did I do today? What could I potentially do tomorrow to produce a different outcome to what I did today? And were there certain steps that I set for myself or certain things that I wanted to achieve today that I didn't achieve? Why did I not achieve those things? Or even going back to emotional intelligence, why did I react in a certain way? Like maybe I could have reacted better. Let me just reflect and think about this and journal out how I'm feeling about it. It's definitely for me much more of a reflective state than a goals and planning and future state. So give journaling at nighttime a try. And if you enjoy it, send me a DM. I would love to know what you think about journaling just in general. If you do it in the morning, if you do it at night, if you've noticed any differences between the state of mind that you're in and the types of things that you're journaling and what comes out from it. I would love to know. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I'll be back here next week. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it also. If you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.